0: So you see, every day, every week, every month, and every year of my life, my hero's always 10 years away. I'm never going to be a hero. I'm not
1: going to attain that. I know I'm not. That's just fine with me because that keeps me with something. Phil here. Welcome to episode two of Wisdom with Friends. We got a lot of great feedback on episode one, so thanks to everyone who listened and who got back to us and let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. This episode we're also pretty excited about. We talk about change. It's a big topic. We wander around a little bit and there's a lot left to be talked about, but in the hour I think we we made the best of it and touched upon a few interesting aspects of change that I hope that you find worthwhile. So enjoy. One other thing I wanted to mention is that we did record quite a few episodes of this podcast. We're releasing them in a somewhat nonlinear way and so it might sound a little weird when you hear us reference other episodes. Those episodes do exist and we just have not yet released them. We're, uh, we're being thoughtful about the release of these now that we've got a little bit of momentum. So again
0: enjoy and I hope you love it. All right we're recording so hello phil how are you i'm doing good dave how are you fantastic it's good to hear your voice dave thank you on my uh brand new microphone so tell me if i if i sound too loud or too soft
1: why didn't you uh, like the last microphone that i suggested that worked
0: perfectly (laughs) (laughs) that's the story of everything right i always got to tinker and change I don't know. It's funny, man. It's It's been years. Gosh, I can't remember the first time I went on a podcast, but it's been years. And all I've ever done is taking whatever headset I used for gaming and used that. Mm-hmm. And so now I have like a pro setup. Like I actually have a mic and I can move it around. Oh, and nice. It cancels. You took a yeah, picture of that for now. me? I did. I I uh, texted it. Texted oh, I got to see you. that. It was, was that um, today. Yeah. Yeah. It was earlier. I wound up getting a, um, Oh yeah. Look at that. Oh, that looks really good. Yeah. And I put some soundproof stuff around it. I wound up, I was recording a video and I wound up just, I mean, you know me, I wound up talking to this guy about how, um, in, uh, in my studio that I've made down here in the basement, like I, it picks up everything. So he told me to Mm -hmm. get this mic and what it was. And so I kind of researched it and then I got like an arm off Amazon so I can move it all around. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other idea is to also have a webcam. So you'll see in that picture, if you look at that one cement pole, that's there past where the Mac is. Yeah. I oh, have that's a webcam. Your webcam.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Look at
0: that. So I started to do this on some other podcasts I've gone on where I can switch the cameras. So if it's like a, uh, cause that seems to be a popular thing. Like people will record mm-hmm. the podcast and then put it on YouTube because, you know, come to think of it, I've discovered a ton of podcasts off YouTube yeah. and we could maybe do that 1.2 if you want. Um, scare people what we look like. <laughs> I can switch. So it's almost like it's like semi pro because I can switch between the built-in webcam on the Mac and then yeah. this one. So it's like you'll see my face. It's almost like a head cam and then the other mm-hmm. one's like a studio cam. That's nice. And what do you have in the what do you have behind you? Do you have like a screen or something? Um yeah, it's it's I've got a whole um, bunch of stuff. I mean you've been you've seen kind of like when this was halfway here, so you remember all the wow posters. Yeah. What was interesting was a lot of the wow his wow. classic is like gonna get launched um mm-hmm. in like two months or something, but anyway, it's like a big deal, and so there's people that never played Wow classic, so I've been on podcasts totally unrelated man um and this is also you know for um for for my my day job, and we don't really talk about our, our day jobs on this podcast, so but just you know business day job stuff um and people will see it and they'll be like, oh, that's wow classic. <laughs> it just happened this week. And I was oh like, my no. god, that's hilarious! That was just World of Warcraft that I was playing in 2004. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't classic back then. But it's kind of cool to kind of see that resurgence. Um, and so, I just did it so that it was more entertaining to see things besides just me on a webcam. But what's been super interesting is that it's almost like a filter to see if somebody's have ever gamed, played Dungeons and Dragons, is into artwork, knows mm-hmm. what Skyrim is. Yeah, it's like the Brahma. Uh,
1: like if you can yeah, recognize that
0: exactly if they know dc shows because i got like Arrow and stuff around here um if they're on the old computers with all the commodore stuff so it's uh it's been pretty interesting to see and i find that people share more when they see that because mm-hmm. oh you know it kind of takes them back and stuff so i'm getting there man it's cool. not just a a corner in an on fish on finished basement yeah <laughs> so that's what's new on um on top of mine what's uh my my studio let me think of uh anything else that might be uh oh here's something uh pretty recent that i was doing so um i started it i know you were texting me that you started to do uh deadlifts for the first time again yeah yeah no like the first time ever i never did even when i was you younger i never did deadlifts no never in college you were always the guy that was huge showing me how to do stuff yeah how i did squats I just never did deadlifts. I don't know why. You know, it's totally like, it's crazy when I look back just like 10, 15 years, how little we had access to knowledge. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, you can just go watch a YouTube video on perfect deadlift form. That Well, like that's what I did. 5, I said, yeah, you know that's how I, I want to do
1: some deadlifts. So I, I, I busted my phone out and I got on YouTube and I looked up the form. It took all of two minutes. And then I said, I think I can do that. And I went in front of the bar and off I went, felt good. That's awesome. Do you mind me asking what kind of weight you were doing? You know, I don't even know. I think um, it was pretty light. It was like 120 pounds or something. It wasn't like tremendous
0: weight. Yeah. And the only reason I asked, because I did make this mistake. So Olympic bar, you know, is 45 pounds. Mm -hmm. And then if you put the 45 pounds on each side, the big 45 pound plates, you're at 135. Yeah. So that... Is set up at 135 to be perfectly positioned to lift off the floor mm-hmm. in correct form. But if you do less than that, you can actually screw up your back. And so, what I had to do when I was starting deadlifts because I started less than that weight mm-hmm. is you have to put uh, other weights on each side so you lift the bar up higher. Yeah, and that way you're actually starting at a proper position and and uh, instead because otherwise you wind up putting too much in your back. It's supposed to be like you're literally imagine your feet diving into the floor mm-hmm. and you just kind of like jolt your, your, your groin basically. Yeah. Forward. My gym
1: is, my gym's nice. Cause they have deadlifts like specific weights just for that. Like plates. Oh, for wow, that's awesome. So I, I think, I think I remember, and I don't know if this is a real thing, but I think they were like 33s or 35s. I just wanted to trip, figure out the form first and yeah, not yeah. kill myself. So whatever that winds up being 45 for the bar plus Plus two of those, like 110, somewhere around there.
0: We should probably talk, we should probably do an episode more at one point around like lifting and maintaining, especially, uh, for people that are hitting, you know, middle age, like, uh, we are, mm-hmm. um, for me, I know, cause that's often when I get asked from people, it's like, even where do I start? Right. Yeah. And now it's like, gosh, for me, it's been this journey since, uh, 2015, Yes, yeah, so it was four. It's going to be four years in August, if you can believe, man, from Fat Dave, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I have. Here's the other crazy thing: is I have all the weights because I tracked everything I've eaten since then and mm-hmm. my weights and all my workouts, and so I can go back and look at different things. Nice. And it's funny that you just started because I stopped um, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, with weights. I'm going to go on a cut now mm-hmm. for five weeks. Um, and for those that don't know, oh, hold on, oh, Merry Christmas. I know. Is that that's the that was my alarm to remember that we were going to do this podcast. Like you were <laughs> I got early in case I was gaming or something. Yeah, we got on earlier. Yeah, um, I went to the
1: gym. I, I went for a run. I'm like I shower. Yeah, proud of you, man. I knew that I was going to want some uh, a bowl of cereal, so I wanted to get all this done first. Lucky Charms. Yeah, <laughs> something like that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um and so for those who don't know, a cut, it, it's basically once you're like once you've been on a journey for a while and you're getting healthier and you've gone through a recomposition of what your body should be like, you can go through these different cycles. And so the common one, or I shouldn't say common one, there's really two. One is bulking and one is cutting. And so bulking is you're trying to put on lean mass. And what's absolutely fantastic about that is you get to eat like an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, I eat around three thousand calories. And wow I'm, I'm tr- yeah because i've tried going lower and i do not put on mass without that so i yeah. eat three thousand calories when i'm bulking um i also do uh between 0.8 to one of my my body weight so typically when i'm trying to put on mass i think i forget where i think i was around 160 when i started mm-hmm. um and i got all the way up to 170 when i was done so that was 10 pounds across uh probably like three and a half months wow and that's impressive yeah. And I didn't put on any, like I went up in my, all my weights, like a track, you know, all my, it's great. It's such a great feeling. I should go up in that, but I didn't, um, I wasn't moving. Like I was getting proper sleep and everything how I wanted to until I ate more. And that's the biggest thing, man. When you've got uh, FFB, like I do former fat boy syndrome, <laughs> you're like, oh, this is it I'm ruining it. All. So the only way I've been able to like get over that mentally, if anybody else is dealing with this is I stop. So after three and a half months, They've shown research that if you do hit, or you just work out once a week, you retain 90, something like 93% of your lean mass, right? Mm-hmm. So I will lose a little bit, but not a lot. And so then what I do is I go on a five-week cut. And a cut is you're eating below your total daily energy expenditure. So for me, a cut is actually about 1,450 calories. So I go from 3,000 to 1,450. Wow. Yeah. And the only way I can do that is I go on to keto. Mm-hmm. And I do something else called IF, which is intermittent fasting. And then after I've done that for a week, I do another thing called OMAD, which you'll hear online, which is one meal a day. And so basically, right now, for the past 10 days, I've been at 14, 15 calories, and I eat between noon and one, and that's it. And that's the rest crazy, of the time. That's man. And uh, when I do that, you'd be surprised how, like, you're not hungry and you think clear. Like, I, my most creative, believe it or not, is not when I'm bulking. It's when I'm doing OMAD and I'm on keto. I'm doing this, like, just, I think, a ton more. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I can do that for five weeks and I can drop about 12 pounds of body fat Wow! in just five weeks. Yep. And then I'll go back on and then I'll go bulk again. mm mm-hmm. Because yeah, I always, my, <laughs> it's just genes. I had my genes now. We should talk about that one time too. But uh, both my genes um, and, uh, well, I, I won't talk about the other uh, person, but, m- but my genes, um, basically, uh, my body likes to store fat. <laughs> As if I didn't know that. <laughs> it's very easy for me to do that. And in fact, I also have a hard time breaking down fat, mm-hmm. uh, especially saturated fats genetically. And so anyway, this is how I get around it. Bulk uh, cut cycle. And that's what's on top of mind. Yeah, man. So, um, man, before we turn into this, into like a whole lifting and fitness show, (laughs) I know we wanted to talk about change, uh, which I just, a topic we haven't done yet. And I think it's a really good topic. And, um, I'll start off with a couple of things. One of the things like for change, one, really one thing, and then it can go into a couple of things is that I didn't realize, um, until I was talking with my brother, uh, just just saw him recently and we were kind of reminiscing like remember tech, like we knew tech like in college and stuff, but like tech as a career, like being a total pro, like I entered tech because of change. Like Mm -hmm. when I was younger, I was so like, I thought everything's, yeah, it was like, we're going to get rid of all these mainframes. All this stuff is junk and it's change and we've got the better thing. Mm -hmm. And we were reminiscing now there's been so much change uh, especially like in the past 10 years, we're like he he had said something like this, and I'm trying hard not to use names, although I, don't, I know he won't care if I use his name anyway, but he had said something like oh my goodness, are we now the old guys that don't want to learn anything new? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't think it's that, because I still love learning stuff new, mm-hmm. but here's the thing I've realized, is I like learning what I want to learn that's new. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm forced to learn a whole bunch of other stuff that I kind of liked the other way of doing it. You know, it's like, yeah. have you, you know,
1: my, my role has just changed such that I can't be the guy who's the expert anymore.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. It's just I mean, not,
1: that's as much as I want to learn new stuff. Like I, I think, uh, you know, conceptually and sort of strategically, I need to know what's going on and what's new and kind of how to apply it, but logging on and actually doing it. I mean, that's just not
0: where I'm at anymore. Yeah. And you know, here's Cause I thought a lot about this too, because one of the things I realized about my personality, if I ever get in a space at work, like we, and we may have talked about this on the show, like how you can, you can have other outlets. And especially for me, if I go learn something, it sparks all the creative juices. Mm -hmm. But I found if I'm ever like down in my day job, I'll go learn a tech in that field. Mm -hmm. Right. So like it, it used to be different coding languages lately. It's been like AI and ML and it's been, um, those kind of things. But what I think, like what you're saying, is we also have the wisdom <laughs> to know that if we, in addition to all our other life responsibilities that we have, if we burn the midnight oil and we put like another 40 hours a week into learning and getting really good at that tech, it would be a total waste of our time because it would be meaningless. A hundred percent. And so it's like, I think that's what happens. That's what changes about you as you get older is mm-hmm. you realize how precious your time is. Well, it's not just that. So, we, we
1: know what it means to to be able to do something at a professional level, like real expert level technologist, you know. And there's that. There's actually that thing to to learn. To learn it <laughs> is yeah, we're right. <laughs> to learn it is one thing, but most of the stuff that I got really good at is because I was doing it every single day for years and years and years, and that's, that's, that's where the that's mastery right. came yeah. from, you know. So so I love learning new stuff, you know. I mean, I just recently was messing around with Python a little bit. I mean, I don't oh, write yeah? code, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just, uh, just nice, to gain man. familiarity, but c- can I go there and, and, and be a p- professional Python developer? Absolutely not. I mean, I'd have to sit there in the, in the trenches and, and grind away at that for six months to a year before I was even competent enough to, to be, uh, you know, consider myself a professional at it. But
0: yeah. And I mean, a, I mean this too, I mean, from a business sense, like, mm-hmm. and this has happened in a couple cycles, over, oh gosh, how many years? Right. I mean, it's got to be at least. It's over two decades, right? Three. Let's see, ninety-seven. Three. Yeah. So it's twenty-two years. Over twenty-two years, there's been so many times where, um, especially in my day job, day job where I was getting people to use this new tech, where I would go and do that, and then a new decision leader would come along and just like, say, we're going to go in a different direction. <laughs> right. Which was soul crushing. Mm-hmm. And I've also been in organizations over the years where they would come in and a decision maker would say, we're going to outsource the entire thing to somewhere in another country. Yeah. Um, and so I've lived with that type of change too, which I, I really feel is a bad change because I don't know, I think it's had a profound effect on me in that I'm super careful you're right. I think there's two ways you look at it. Is one, am I ever going to be, am I ever going to have enough time to be an expert in this? Mm-hmm. And the answer for us as our partner is no. Right. Um, unless it's a people skill, right? Which we, we, a lot of that is like intrinsic, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, do you, are you going to have enough time? what's the best way I can say this? I've realized that if I spend more time influencing the decision makers, I can have more impact than trying to go become the expert in the one thing. Does that make sense? No, it makes plenty of sense. Yeah. And so, um, gosh, I mean, that's just change in tech, right? Mm -hmm. And it's still, I would say I still get really excited about change for making life better um, that tech can bring. You know mm-hmm. inclusiveness and just you know getting closer and closer to Star Trek. That stuff just gets me excited.
1: Yeah, you know the um, tricky
0: part for me has always been you, know, you
1: go to these CIO events and forums and and um, one day seminars and stuff and. It's just so buzzword, like buzzword lady. <laughs> it's so, it's- and so now you have to sift through the three different or four different or five different presentations that are all about AI, right? And then people talking about cybersecurity and it's just all the sort of the same stuff over and over and over again. And yeah. it's, you know, and, and. I'll go, to, I'll go to three years worth of these things and it's more or less the same thing for three years. And it's like, well, is this changing or what? Or is it just, is this what put these buzzwords out there to get the people to show up and then all the vendors sort of prey on you when you get there?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could tell you, man, it's uh, <laughs> one of the things I have certainly learned over the years is it is a business mm-hmm. on putting on events. Right. And so it's going to depend on whose event you're going For the type of speakers there what's ultimately they're trying to achieve yeah Um,
1: i just have a cynical look at at some of this stuff you know until i can apply blockchain to my business like am i really going to spend a whole lot of time trying to to learn the ins and outs of it you know i just haven't seen you know just that as an example i haven't seen a, a real application for it whereas you know a lot of the cyber stuff is just it's Right there in your face, you have no choice but to, to but to scale up on that. I mean, I think if you look at the things over the last five to ten years that I've skilled up on, it's been the um, the, the sock stuff and NIST and you know all these these cybersecurity and all these different security frameworks is where I've been investing most of my my effort yeah. from a technical perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point, and if we talk about change too, just think about the change in security and like people haven't changed mm-hmm. but just security privacy um all of those type of things like i get <laughs> i get credit report things all the time that's like telling me your stuff's out there it's been hacked again mm-hmm. um and that wasn't a thing back in the day no unless i t- logged into your dos and uh, edited your auto execute everything had the same
1: password if it had a password all at all you know. <laughs> Hey Phil here. I'm um, just in the middle of post production and I can't believe that I didn't acknowledge Dave's comment about the auto execute file. It's actually um, an important moment in my own personal history, so I wanted to take a quick m- moment to just explain what he meant by that. So so um, when we were in freshman in college, uh, you know, back then computers were DOS based and there was a file that that um, executed on the boot up of a computer called autoexecute.bat. And so Dave being very computer savvy and me not being computer savvy, he knew that he could go into my computer, do a bunch of stuff to that file and just confuse the heck out of me, which he did. And, uh, my response to that was, I didn't know he had touched it and I thought something was wrong with my computer. So I read the entire DOS manual from front to back, learned all about it, went in, fixed it, realized it was him. We had a good laugh and, uh, that actually started my career in IT so thought I'd share that little story and let's get back to it now you have to have some sort of complex algorithm to protect your like bank account and change it every so i
0: actually yeah th- i actually have a thing man it's um i've all my i went through this so it took a long time But I went through, and now I have all auto-generated, really long passwords, and then I have a master file that's only local with all of those things. And so I've had to give up stuff. Like if I'm on the road, I can't get in. Mm -hmm. But most like what I do is like before I travel, I'll make sure that everything's been logged in, so I don't patch the apps like when I'm when I'm on the road because that's the worst thing that'll happen. I've noticed this now that I'm on Android versus iOS. Um, and I switched back and forth over the years, but I'm just currently on Android is um one of the, and maybe this is something with keychain on iOS, but I used to update and all my passwords are saved. I can't tell you how many times I'll get an update on Android and it's logged me out of everything, really, yeah, it sucks, man, because you'd be like, I need to go get my uh, boarding pass. Oh, wait,' I'm logged out.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let I me just, just go uh... I just had to go through some of that because I got a new phone, but. Uh it was the same platform and everything. I just had to kind of redo it all. Once I redo it all, I'm
0: good. Yeah. So let's talk about other types of change. So that's like our career, mm-hmm. right? With change. Um, the other point change is, how do I phrase this when It's not work. Cause I think it happens in a lot. Of, I would say it's, I think in psychology terms, they would call it like dominance hierarchies Mm -hmm. because we always move into like hierarchies as people, right? So at work, when there's a reorg and things happen like that or in a family situation that can change. And so it's the relationships we all have with people. Um, And I've noticed like where I am in my, at my point in life, one of the interesting things that's changed is we've suddenly become the place, the center of the family. Mm -hmm. So it's like and I don't know if this is the same um, for you, but where we used to, we used to drive to every, all the, all the parents, all the parents come now to us yeah and everybody's, nobody's hosting anymore. Mm-hmm. And we were doing, here's this hidden thing that we were doing, we've been doing this budget, right? Cause girls are getting closer to college and I'm like looking at everything and where we can save. And I'm like, where's all this stuff coming from? Cause you can go through categories and you can see how much like you're spending on groceries. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is because we're hosting. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, every time even high ha- hot dogs hammer and like my none of the parents ever said that. It was just like you go over, but I I kind of felt ignorant in that like they were always cooking meals, they're mm-hmm. <laughs> barbecuing yeah, it's just free yeah. <laughs> so here I am. It's like, when's the last time I had to depend on my parents? But here was a thing that actually was going on that was kind of unsaid. Yeah. And now I think the baton's been actually passed. You just, know, it's, a, yeah, another
1: right. thing that I noticed, just because it was just Father's Day, right? And, um, you know, when you're when you're a new father and you're sort of start trying to figure it out, it's one thing. But once you've established yourself as sort of like, you know, you've got dad cred – and and some of the younger dads in your family start looking to you for advice on stuff. And so Father's yeah. Day was really weird for me this this time around because my cousin, he's now, his wife just had a baby and, and he's got another one that's like a year, or a little over, over a year old. And so he's just starting to go through and figuring out all the things that I've already been through. And like he yeah. gave me this really nice, very well thought out you know, message about, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm seeing what all the things that you did. I'm trying to be like you were. And it was just, it's an interesting thing to see the roles change because before you have kids, you know, you don't even want to be bothered by that. So you're not even really paying attention to it. But once, once you realize like, this is a part of, part of my life, all of a sudden you gain a newfound respect for people that have done it and, and, you know, hopefully have done it well.
0: Yeah. I think that's the change that the first change you see, like when you're away in college, Mm mm-hmm. I remember showing you how to do laundry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and then you have a respect. Oh, my, my parents weren't complete mm-hmm. idiots. They actually, they you know, they had a mortgage to pay and they understood all these other things and that I didn't. Um, yeah. I think that's when I first started to realize the difference between intelligence and wisdom. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, there's this age where your parents are perfect and every single decision they make is is right. And then all of a sudden you hit those teenage years, right? And you start to realize that your parents are flawed. And it like fundamentally rocks your whole perception of them. And so if they can be wrong on one thing, well, maybe they've been wrong in every single thing they've told me my whole life. And now all of a sudden I don't trust anything that comes out of their mouth anymore. And they're stupid and I'm, I know better. And, you know, that. then you, you yeah. come full circle like we did right in college. And you're like, you know, maybe they did kind of know what they were talking about. This is actually uh, something that I need to pay a little more attention to and you, you start to gain that respect for everything they've been through and start to listen a little more
0: yeah i um i had um so my oldest just turned 15 i mean talk about being in a different place in, in life right and, mm-hmm. and um Mine too? someone she's been yeah and someone she's been close to for a while um they started dating so she's got a steady boyfriend um she's looking for a summer job And I enjoy hanging out with her, you know, the young lady that she is. She's very witty. But for Father's Day, she wrote me a card. And in there, like, I choked up, man. Like, it was stuff that's never been said. Hmm. Um, Stuff about, like, how much she admires me and how she's impacted me and, uh, like, in all different ways. And I was like,
1: whoa. That's special. Yeah.
0: And I never saw it coming because you never hear anything from the team. (laughs) <laughs> and, um, I'm like, I don't know, maybe she's like me where like, uh, when I started dating is when I started to realize actually what I had compared to other families and mm-hmm. started figuring out who I was and, yeah, you know, those kind of started asking. Yeah, but you're
1: questions. you, you take this, you take the role of dad very, very seriously. And it shows like, she sees oh, it, man. She sees it. Everyone sees it. You know, you really, you really try and be like platinum level dad.
0: Well, let me go on mute stuff that feels. <laughs> no, it's
1: true, man. I mean, I, you, you live far away from me now, so I don't get to see it as often, but when I'm over there and I see you and your wife is also, I mean, you guys are amazing parents and even, even being a 15 year old who, you know, who's going through that stage where my parents aren't perfect. She still sees it for sure.
0: Yeah. That was the first sign I saw that. And thanks, man. I appreciate it. I feel, uh, You too. I feel we've always, to me, that's the legacy, right? It's Mm -hmm. never going to be what my day job with is. It's what's the family that comes after me and Mm -hmm. did I, you know, did I impact any lives along the way? Yeah. You know what
1: I try and do? I try and be my kid's hero. Like everything that I can do to be the person that they want to, they would look up to. And as long as I keep trying to be that person, I feel like, you know, I'm going to screw up, but try and be their heroes every single day.
0: Yeah, and sometimes, man, failing um, is good lessons for being heroes too. Like I, um, I read this a while ago. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, um, but when I screw up, um, I ask for their forgiveness, mm-hmm. which was really weird the first time I did it as a dad. Right? Because you're like, I don't need to ask their forgiveness. But like, I've had outbursts from time to time, and I would ask, and they would they would give the forgiveness, but. What it did, and what I read, is it modeled the behavior of like everybody screws up, nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, and that the best thing you could do when you screw up is to own up to it. Oh yeah, be accountable, apologize. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Don't be prideful and be like, I oh, know I'm not wrong, because then mm-hmm. then they never know, they never have examples of what does it actually mean yeah. for somebody to apologize, right? Um. So yeah, I started doing that stuff a long time, and I certainly screw up a ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? <laughs> um. So yeah, and then some of the other changes, you know, is in seeing now is parents getting older. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, gosh, it's so. It's hard to explain to people who aren't, in. and I, I think I've heard the term like we're the sandwich generation now. Mm-hmm. You know where. uh, you see your parents, like I remember the other day, I was seeing them, um, you know, I hung out and all, and we were going through pictures, and then I was looking at pictures just from like 10 years ago, and I was like, wow, they look so much younger. And Crazy, that was right? just, yeah, and that was just 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm. And look at yourself, <laughs> like it's almost like you can't believe. Oh, that 10 that years ago, did.
0: I looked like my own dad, I was a fat boy. <laughs> 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 totally out of, so I'm not a good example of that. <laughs> But uh, my parents certainly are, as are my kids. But yeah, I know what you mean. I um, but yeah, that's another thing too. Is you start to you start to see that vulnerability there mm-hmm. of change and that passage. And
1: yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I can tell you, I definitely my mor- my mortality, you know, is something that uh, is starting to become front and center. You know, you start to reach. I mean, we're approaching the half-century mark, right? Like that's a big, big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I like to tell people is we're closer to fifty than we are forty.
1: Well, you know, I mean, we were talking about working out earlier, and now when I do stuff, I need days to recover from it. Whereas when I was younger, you just did it, and you got—yeah, that's you, certainly true. You got to work around that kink in your shoulder, and and you know that knee that's never going to get better, and going down the stairs in the morning, and everything is creaking and cracking, <laughs> like it's just. It's, it's a different thing. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to get in shape and just bounce into it and just, you know, all effort. Like you got to really be thoughtful because the truth is you're not the same person you used to be. And and I'm seeing that in other things too. The creative side of things, like I have to budget my energy so that um, so that there's some left in the tank for me to do that stuff because my natural inclination is to, to allow that stuff to come last. But after I get all my responsibilities out of the way, you really have to budget for that because you don't have the endless energy to be like, okay, you know, it's now eleven thirty at night, and I got this done and that done, gym's done, you know, kids' lunches are done, and now let me do a little something for me. Like at that point, we we refer to it as our O O M P. You know, you're done.
0: Yeah, I uh, old man. I know, li- <laughs> which I'm fond of. I uh, although it's just it's just bedtime now. It's like what I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, i have a funny thing today the adult version of head shoulders knees and toes is wallet glasses keys and phone (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um let's talk about like what what are some tips we've learned to handle that because i here's some things that i've learned i got really good at managing time in my day job Mm -hmm. um i've always been in this position where um I was kind of a critical path to failure to all these other people. And it's it was always customer facing. And so I just this amount of people trying to contact me on a daily basis, I needed I was forced to prioritize that. Um and the way I did it, and the way that I do it very recently is through a lot of AI, um, where I'm and a lot of it's voice enabled, and I'm constantly whenever a thought or a to-do thing comes in my head. Um, I'll say it as a task. And then I have stuff later on that sorts all of that and categorizes it. And so I have a lot of discipline on what a daily routine looks like right down to.
1: You got to share this whole uh, system with me because
0: it sounds worthwhile. Yeah, man. So I'll I'll tell you what's what's helping now. And this is what I've I've realized is that, the the one thing that I found with time. And so what I've what I've started to do is now my personal life it's the same thing. So I mix in my work and personal, which I always thought would give me, uh, would screw things up, but it actually doesn't because as human beings are living the same day. Mm-hmm. and I, That's the one mistake that I made for the longest time is I had, everything was like in a work Outlook, And then all my private stuff was over here. Don't do that. You've got to figure out on any given day. And if your given day is from, you know, I'm commuting now. And then from 9am to this time, it's, you know, it's, I'm sitting in this location, make sure you have that in your calendar. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what I do is at the start of the year, I figure out what am I going to do to get better at what I'm doing for my day job. Right. And I started to define success. And what I realized is that if I'm successful in that, and I think you may feel the same way now, because of where I'm at in my career, there's very little, I can improve in like my capabilities for doing that job. Mm-hmm. So what I can do is if I'm very successful, what I've actually done is I've made the company a success. I haven't made myself a success. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that was, I, I I think was what was missing. So then I said, okay, so what I need to define for the year is what am I going to do to make that company that I'm working at success? And then what am I going to do to make Dave a success? So what are the things I want to accomplish? And so one of the things, and it's different for everybody, right? For a while it was, it was fitness for me with any type of goal you got to start with at the end of the year, right? So for me, it was a very generic, um, the past year was just, I want to learn more. I started encountering like, just cause I get to travel a lot. And I was just meeting a lot of super interesting people who had a lot to say. And I have, you know, I have anecdotal stories and I have stuff like that, but I didn't have all sorts of categories, and you know, the, in uh, in brain chemistry and stuff, they they call that when you are building all these new neural pathways, they call it schemas. So the more you learn, and I've always felt like you you always have a lot of schemas because you were always good at engineering and math and all these other things, right? And the more schemas you have, the more ideas you can come across. Mm-hmm. And so what I started to do in that calendar is I dedicated thirty minutes. Well, it's even more rigid than that now, but I dedicate thirty minutes a morning to YouTube. And so my schedule is I get up and I have the same routine. You know, I have my coffee and then I check all my work emails before I even begin. So I kind of know what red flags and stuff there are. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I also left Facebook over two years ago, so I don't have that uh, like saved a ton of time. Um, And I also check LinkedIn and Twitter at specific times during the day, too. Because that can that can be another rabbit hole, right? Mm-hmm. So the mornings are very. think get this. It's like you know, the kids. If I'm not traveling, I see the kids. It's getting them at school, but it's very creative. Like I feel creative. Um, there were periods of time where I was working out for thirty minutes, but it's it's like my Dave time. Mm-hmm. And if you add up those thirty minutes across an entire month, it's huge what you can learn. And what actually happened for me, I was on a recent flight. Um. I think I told you this is in my in my day job. I actually for the first time in my life was on a private jet. And I was with these really interesting, successful people. Um, And everybody was leaning in as I'm sharing all this stuff. (laughs) It's really? all this stuff I've learned. Yeah, like I've learned about telomeres, right? Which is basically where your DNA, uh, your genes sit on top of chromosomes and they're like rings in a tree and it, you can actually lengthen your telomeres through your intermittent fasting and through meditation and it actually deages you and like all these other things. And it happened then and then it just happened at another big conference I was at with like all of these senior leaders, but it had nothing to do with tech. It had mm-hmm. nothing to do yeah. with my day job. Um, and I, I started talking about young and I started to talk about Joseph Campbell and like all these other things, but all it was Phil was me freaking just spending 30 minutes a day learning new stuff and like being like giving the same dedication I have at work. Mm-hmm. So like I have notes, I took tons of notes. And then another thing I would do is I would make, they're almost like flashcards, but they're on my desktop. So I have little words to like spark memory. Cause you see your desktop all day long, right? Like one of them was an aphorism. I wanted to remember what an aphorism was. And for the life of me, I couldn't. And it was on my desktop for like two months before it finally sunk in. And an aphorism is like, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, complete. Absolutely. Right. It's like things, that, that's what they say. That's mm-hmm. what an aphorism. Is. Okay. Um And so then I was able to actually start <laughs> using that in, in conversations. Um, and so, that's what I mean by going through the day. It's So that's it's, interesting. Uh, so
1: it's just sort of an open-ended thing for you. You just want to learn and just sort of how, – how do you right. pick the topic? Like is it just whatever strikes you that day? Believe well,
0: it or not, the YouTube has been amazing with guided – Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. And so I'm very protective of that to the point – like if it's a random YouTube video, I'll go like incognito mode so I'm not logged into my account. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is I have all these private lists I've created that are different topics. And what I found is YouTube will, it'll keep some main things, but then it'll, it'll continue to carry with fresh content across those categories. So a lot of them was, um, I, I didn't want to get a financial advisor. You know, I just, I always want to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done everything myself. I've done taxes since I was 18 myself. And so I just went like crazy deep into finances and learning everything. But I learned so much through YouTube and learned like all the mistakes I've been making. Um, but that became a topic for like a couple of weeks. And then another, a lot of them, you know, we were just talking about bulking became a topic yeah. and psychology became a topic and meditation and interesting. So it's that, but you can apply it to anything. That's just me wanting to get smarter for, for lack of a better so just because, right. and, and I didn't realize how helpful that would be in my day job because one, it makes you a better networker because you can talk about all these other things just besides the weather and the industry. Right, right, right.
1: right. And how the Yankees
0: are doing or whatever. (laughs) Well, you know me, I'm not a sports guy, Mm -hmm. so I don't have to even fake that. (laughs) Um, And then the, the, the other thing it's given me is it's giving me ways to point uh, when I, if I'm, if I'm talking on stage Mm -hmm. um, to point out other things. And I guess the, one of the lessons I've learned from this is the crossover of ideas. There's, inherent truths in everything Mm -hmm. and you can pull from all different sources but one of the other things that I want to do so after I'm off this kick and I I think I'll continue to learn but I've made a promise uh, to my youngest because she's been playing piano for three years and she wants to teach and I've always wanted to learn Mm -hmm. and so in another week I've decided to dedicate 30 minutes a day and I'm trying to figure out where that's going to be. I have a feeling it may be evenings, mm-hmm. um, you know, after dinner and uh, when my head space is good, maybe after I work out. But 30 minutes a day of practicing piano. That's cool, and, man. Uh,
1: I was actually thinking yeah. of taking piano lessons for the summer because my kids' yeah. piano school has like a deal. I did it a couple of years ago when my my youngest daughter started, you know, my twins both started piano together. And so they had this experience where they could do that with one another. And my when my youngest daughter started, she was doing it alone, and she was a little nervous. And so I signed up for piano with her, and then we, you know, it was just sort of. I only did it for a few months, and then when she was comfortable, I uh, said, "All right, you, you got this." But it's it's always something that I've been very interested in. So maybe you and I yeah. will uh, will do a piano thing jam. I tried parallel. guitar,
0: and I have, as you know, I have <laughs> had multiple. What? Oh, you gonna you're, I thought
1: you were going to talk about how small your hands are.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks for that. <laughs> um, and no, it's not the size of your hands, man. There are some small, both men and women, that are amazing at guitar. Okay. It's actually the dexterity and the way that you. I have found in seeing my daughter play that. Um, and she's shown me a little bit like where to find middle C and all that. I don't have any pain in my fingers moving across the mm-hmm. keys, but with guitar, because I've had oh, carpal tunnel yeah, surgery yeah. In
1: yep. both wrists. So that's actually I've not had, funny
0: at all. <laughs> I've had multiple trigger finger surgeries. <laughs> Let me show you my scars, Phil, but yeah, so it's actually painful for me to, mm-hmm. um, the way that you have to bend. If you've ever seen the way that you have to bend and stretch your fingers and your wrists mm-hmm. on the guitar, I found, after I was done, it it ached. Versus that hasn't happened yet on the uh, piano. Plus, I, you know, if there's two instruments I love, just the sound of it's both guitar and piano. Yeah, I'm so I'm in the, I'm in the same try. boat.
1: I love the drums. I love piano, and I love
0: uh, a nice acoustic guitar. Yeah, exactly. Here's a thing I do. Uh, if you're ever you're just like want to chill, go check out acoustic covers, both on YouTube or you can even ask. Oh, I do it. Yeah, I do the yeah, same I do thing. It, absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's like the the old guy jazz acoustic. Mm-hmm. There was a
1: guy on Twitch that used to, um, maybe he still does. I don't know. Some real old dude. And he would take just requests on the piano. And oh, I awesome. only even encountered him because I was like, why, why is this one channel have like 50,000 or 60,000 people were watching? I was like, what could this possibly be? It was like creative was the channel, I think, or was the, the category. And like oh, the nice. next, the next, uh, like one in the, on the list had like 30 people. So I was like, what is this dude? And I guess he just had some kind of following former piano instructor and he yeah. would just sit there and jam and just whatever the people asked for, he'd play it. And he wow. was getting donations like mad. It was crazy.
0: I, uh, so yeah, I guess, you know, when it comes to change, this is what I've learned. The best thing that you can do, because change is always going to be constant. And the best way i've I've found to prepare for this that anybody can do and nobody can take away from you is to invest in the learning mm-hmm. just learn yourself and I was um when I was going through all this fine and I still am all this uh you know looking into finances and stuff um I don't know if you know who Warren Buffett are and Charlie Munger yep, um yep. yeah yeah, super famous and they both said the same thing there was like you know one of the best things you can do is invest in your own education Mm -hmm. and so i've actually applied that you know so like let's say you have um like you have this schedule set up like i'm talking about there's going to be days man where life just kicks you down and you just like want to curl up in a ball and i have found on those days that that's i just want to like just take a personal day and just binge watch crap Mm -hmm. right um giving myself that 30 minutes regardless and learning in the morning has made all the difference in that day because i'll go into it feeling super sad and not wanting to do anything and Mm -hmm. then just learning forcing myself for it It may even take like 10 minutes and sometimes i'll even do it at like 2x speed Mm -hmm. (laughs) to make the people talk fast but it yeah i do 1.25
1: is usually my sweet spot
0: yeah, man. Well, that's because we talk fast.
1: <laughs> Maybe. From,
0: originally from Jersey, we always talk like uh-huh.
1: you know. yeah, unless I'm unless I'm uh, listening for pleasure that I like to take my time, but if yeah, it's something yeah. I want to learn and it, you yeah, know. like
0: music and stuff, you're not going to like do 1.5 x right. somebody playing. And even like I
1: listen. Like- so, so I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I do everything in threes, right? So when I start my year, I have three major goals. when I set up my week, I have three major things I want to do. When I get yeah, into nice. work, there's three major things I want to accomplish that day. Everything I do is threes. And one of the things that I do, um, because I do books on audio, it's just a way for me to to, um, to make my commute a little more efficient is I always yeah. have three books that I have going on at any one time. And so one of them is always going to be something for pleasure. Like I just finished Pet Cemetery by Stephen King, which was amazingly done. Um, yeah. And then I'll do one, one will be something that will, is professional in nature, you know, and then one is usually just something just to make me better as a person. So that's kind of like my yeah, yeah. my threes, one of each of those categories going on my audiobooks at any given time.
0: That's and, great. And what, I should try that because then you could cycle through based on mood.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I do. You know, some days it's just like I'm fried and I just want to listen to, you know, something for fun. Like right now, I'm listening to The Man in the High Castle. And yeah, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm, I'm. Uh, I've watched, I've watched the show. I'm on, on season
0: two on the show.
1: Yeah, I, I want um, to, but I want never... to, I want to go through the book first. Yeah, yeah. But, but what I found is that a lot of, you know, I do one on ones with the members of my team at work, and I found that the stuff that I do to help myself is much more a topic of conversation in those one on ones, and I find myself teaching the things that I've, I'm learning. Um, much more so than the things that I'm doing to, to skill up professionally, which I didn't think would be the case. And so I, I think that my relationship with these people is is um, is evolving and growing because I'm investing in, in them becoming, just at least teaching them about my journey
0: and becoming a better human being as well. Does that make oh, sense? No, Absolutely. That's a known thing. Uh, Do you ever hear the Feynman technique? No. It's like F E O I N. Yeah, so like as part of it, there's The difference between knowing some – like in teaching, this is where this comes out, is I think most people have what uh, – they have a general awareness. So you have a general awareness of what something is, and then you ask them to explain that, and that's one level of it. Can you explain? And then if somebody asks questions about it, that person can elaborate, right? Mm-hmm. So to know something, to truly know something, you have to be able to teach it. And what you're doing is that second level is you're actually being able to answer questions about it and elaborate and go. And so that Fame and technique is like, like, if you want to truly learn something, you go through these mm-hmm. different kind of um, levels of learning stuff. So it's like you start off, gosh, I'm trying to remember. But it's like, this is what I do in OneNote, by the way. So like when I learn something, I'll write the name down mm-hmm. and I'll link to the YouTube video or something where I saw it um, and within, with the definition, right? But then what you've got to do, as you go through the Feynman technique is you just continue to memorize it. So you just, you're going back to it, back to it. So what I'll do is I'll periodically go into my OneNote and all the notes I've taken on a whatever topic. So it might be some kind of new medical thing I'm trying to learn. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll just keep repeating and going and going into it. And then what I find I do naturally is if I get excited about it, I just share it. And when you share it with another human being, if they actually care, mm-hmm. a lot of times my family will ignore me, but if they're caring, they they're interested in it, they'll ask you questions. Yeah. And I know when I when I haven't figured something out completely is in my and just in explaining it to them, I have to go look something up. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by that. So it's
1: yeah, you know, for me it's very circumstantial stuff. Um, what they're going through because you because I'm not a big talker in these meetings. You know, these one on ones are for them to talk yeah, to me and sort of share with me. And at this point, my 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 database of all this stuff that I've been through with the seven habits and with how to make friends and influence people, you know, all those types of books. Like I just find myself pulling little bits and pieces out of it, you know, and even yeah. videos that get shared on LinkedIn where I'll remember um, something that was particularly poignant and I'll find it and I'll slack it to them and just sort of um, trying to help them through whatever it is that they're struggling with or whatever they need some guidance on. And that's sort of been the, you know, when you talk about change, that's been the one of the the um the interesting changes that's occurred in my in my life over the past couple of years is that I've be, become much more of a teacher. My life is more focused on on helping other people through their changes than necessarily me going through my own changes. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, absolutely, and that's more rewarding.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just there's no
0: end to your own crap.
1: Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just been it's been an interesting thing to um you're starting to get on the um the downslope so to speak when it comes to life and so you're seeing you're you're encountering more people that have been through stuff that you've already been through. What
0: you take as just knowledge. It's easy to think that everybody knows that. You forget when you didn't even
1: Right. And it's all you sorts even of stuff. Thinking about stuff that you already have the answer. It's to. everything from people buying a car, they come to me about stuff like that, negotiating yeah. this and that, people going through divorces. You know, I can't tell you how many folks that have me on their their fast dial when they need someone to talk to through stuff like that. I mean, it's a lot of different stuff. That that's been the the, the interesting change in my life is that it's not really so much about me as much as it used to be.
0: That is what I would call change for good, yeah, my friend. That's that's awesome. I uh, let's let's wrap it up with our five minutes. We wanted a recent lesson learned, mm-hmm. which uh, what we've been doing. So let's, let's let me see if there's anything funny that's happened recent. How about you? Well, um, I wouldn't say funny. One thing that I learned over
1: the last weekend it was Father's Day weekend. My daughter had a soccer tournament in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and my son had his baseball championship. He had, he's in two different leagues. He had a championship game on Saturday for one league and he had a championship game on Sunday for the other league. And so it was like, I had to pick, (laughs) I had to choose which child I was going to do what with. And I did my best to try and be, um, equitable, but I missed my son hitting a home run and hitting two triples in one baseball game and winning the, his championship for the one league, which bummed me out. But I, uh, I made it an early morning on, on Sunday morning. I I woke up at, at, um, at six o'clock in the morning and, and drove, uh, the two and a half hours to get to his nine thirty a m game so i got to win like i got to see him um at least win the second one so the lesson learned there is I can't be everywhere but if i you know i put my best foot forward at the very least i'll 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 be somewhere that's important
0: yeah that's a it's a good life lesson i learned um not having screens on windows opens the possibility that beetles may swarm <laughs> And enter the house. (laughs) It's always going to be one of these like recent lessons learned is always for me going to be house thing, I guess. And so little did we know where we are now that the master bathroom upstairs and this stuff, by the way, always happens when I'm traveling. So, of course, I'm on the other side of the country. And uh, my wife calls me up frantic with a video showing me all these beetles on the ceiling um, in the in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And little did we not know that um every window had the screen on it except for that master bathroom. And so I was proud of myself. Um I actually was like, all right, look, this is what you need to do. Go get some tape, get like duct tape, go all around where the window is, because it's going to be sticky enough if anything comes through. And they were pretty big beagle uh beetles. So I was like, seal it all. Um, and so she did that, and then you know killed all the stuff that was on the ceiling. And then I said, in in uh, where my studio is here, I actually have a UV light because if any mosquitoes or anything get down here, uh, I run that at night. So she went and ran that, and uh, got everything. Wow! And we still don't have a screen, so everything's fine. So I it was like a quick solution from the other side. Quick thinking, and I'm man. Like, this I'm, like, this I'm like, this is where the duct tape is like giving your directions for everything. <laughs> and this is, this is how you need to do it. And um, she did, she was a trooper. She did, she got everything done, but um, that is a, that's a lesson learned, man. Well, and it's just, you know, I don't know why they were swarming that night. I think a lot of it was the bathroom light was on too. So, you know, if you don't have screens, be careful.
1: I actually had, had my, 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 um, my garbage, had like a maggot infestation in it because they didn't come to (laughs) pick it up for like one of the holidays. And And then you brought it in the garage? No, my kids were outside playing basketball and they said the garbage smelled. So they opened it up and they looked inside and and it was like horrendously scarring for them because they'd never seen anything like it. They didn't know what they were. And so I had to explain to them that they're, you know, fly larvae, and and had to take care of it.
0: (laughs) That That is off. You just brought a scarring childhood memory back. I remember we were uh, playing in the backyard and we were digging in the dirt and out of the dirt came flying ants oh. like hundreds. Of <laughs> ants. And I didn't even know those things existed. I, I didn't like, know either. Ants, And they were black carpenter and like size and they all had wings and we ran screaming to the house and they followed us and we wouldn't go out and play for like a week. Yeah. And I remember, how is that fair that you have wings?
1: Yeah. Bug bugs are, <laughs> are good nightmare fuel. Yes, they are. Every, hopefully, Everyone's got, a, everyone's got a, a, like one or two good nightmarish
0: bug stories. Oh, here's, here's one. Well, this, it's uh, an arachnid, not necessarily uh, an insect, but um, I had this dream that I was in my brother's room, it's high school, and we were going to go to the prom, and I was like, we got to go now, we got to go now, and then he went, too late, it's here, and I went, what's here, and I turned around, and it was a giant spider, and then it ate me and I still remember the scream it went <laughs> and I woke up like all sweaty and stuff and I was like, well, what was that about? <laughs> it's like a Tolkien thing. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, work from *Mary's man. Yeah. All right. Well it was good catching up, man. Yeah. I uh I enjoyed it and uh looking forward to the next one. All right, man. Me too.